Good morning, Faith family. Our church is not closed. Instead, we've opened a church in every house. In case you can't tell, it's me, Pastor Steve. Since I buzzed off my hair, I wasn't sure you could tell. Anyway, right now, we're going to uh, listen to some gathering music by David Gerard. So uh, grab some coffee, gather up the kids, get yourself settled, and feel free to use this time to, bring, to quiet your soul and bring yourself into the presence of God.
Good morning, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. Have you heard any of the grownups in your house talking about the coronavirus? It's the reason we're doing online church and online Sunday school and also while you're doing e-learning for school too. And it's got a lot of people talking about sicknesses and our health. It's also got a lot of people asking, why? Why does this have to happen and why do people get sick? I know when I found out I had cancer last fall that I asked a lot of questions. I asked a lot of questions of my doctors and I was also asking a lot of questions of God. I was talking to God about why, why me? This is unfair, it's scary, it's sad, and my life is going to change a lot because of this. Well, when I was talking to God about all of that, I was reminded of something that we learned in Vacation Bible School last summer. See, it's not only you kids that are learning at Vacation Bible School, it's us grownups too. Because I was reminded that when life is unfair, when life is scary, when life changes, and when life is sad, do you remember what we said after all of those things? God is good. God is so good. He did not make the illnesses and he doesn't like to see us suffering or in pain. And even Jesus said that it's not a punishment from God. He said that in the Bible. We get sick, people get sick because we live in a broken world and that's part of life. But we need to remember that God is good. He gives doctors and people to create medicines and that it is okay to pray to get better too. Our God is a great big God and he loves to hear from us. I prayed a lot to get better when I was when I found out I had cancer. And I know there were a lot of you out there praying too because you guys are amazing prayer warriors and I could feel all of those prayers. And even in the Bible, people asked Jesus to heal them and he was okay with that. So it's okay to ask to get better. We can talk to our God anytime, anywhere, and about anything. So I just want you to remember that today, that God is good and you can talk to him about anything. All right. I hope you all have a great day. I love you and I miss you all. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. Amen. Luke 13, 10 through 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leaders said to the people, There are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, 
whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. How many of you over the last six weeks uh, coughed a little and wondered, I wonder if I'm coming down with COVID-19? And other times we feel invincible. We think, all this hand washing is silly. I'm never going to get the virus. And sometimes we feel fatalistic and figure, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Today we start a new series called In Sickness and in Health. And no, it's not about marriage. It's about what Jesus said about sickness and health and how he responded to sickness. Uh, we know that Jesus was a regular speaker in synagogues and he often healed people in the synagogue, which, which of course, uh, when he did it on the Sabbath, got him into a lot of trouble. The biographer Luke reports one of those events in chapter 13. Verses 10 and 11 say, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. I can imagine Jesus striking up a conversation with this woman when they first walked in. He asks about her condition and she, she tells him how long she's had this trouble. Uh, she tells him how painful it's become and how she can no longer reach things in her home and how hard it is to stand or walk. Uh, as she talks, she, she pauses catch her breath because her stooped posture has put pressure on her lungs. She mentions how she wishes she could stand straight again like she used to. Later, Jesus is standing at the front of the synagogue teaching and verse 12 starts out, when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, now, before we look at what Jesus said to her, let's consider what he didn't say. He could have said, this bent over condition is your cross to bear, so bear it well. But he didn't. He could have said, your bent over condition is because you have a lack of faith in God. But he didn't say that. He could have said, this bent over condition is God's gift to you to make you more holy. But he didn't say that. He could have said, God is in control, and you must accept that this is God's plan for you. But he didn't say that. He could have said, this bent over condition is God's punishment for your sins. But he didn't say that either. Now, a lot of other people probably said those things to her, but Jesus did not. Apparently, he didn't believe any of those things. Here's what he did say. Woman, which which was an address of respect, like, Ma'am, woman, you are set free from your iniquity. And while he says that, he reaches out his arm. Then he puts his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Um, now, we, of course, we don't know what caused her bent-over condition. Maybe she was injured. Uh, from a fall. She might have had Parkinson's or scoliosis or osteoporosis. Maybe an emotional trauma contributed to her stooped over posture. If so, she may have also received an inner healing. 
from an emotional wound from Jesus. But what I want to focus on is Jesus' response. He sees someone shackled by suffering and sets her free. And by doing so, he's telling us that, that this is God's will for her, what God wants for her. You see, when Jesus heals people, it's not just that he's trying to prove to everybody that he's God's son. It's way more than that, way bigger than that. When Jesus heals, he's announcing the arrival of God's kingdom, the life God wants for us. You know, Jesus announced good news with words. He said, God's kingdom is coming. And he announced it with actions. He set God's kingdom in motion. This is the life God wants for us. When you read the four gospel biographies of Jesus in the Bible, you see it over and over. Every time somebody comes to Jesus seeking healing, they never go away empty. Jesus heals each one. And sometimes, like with the bent-over woman, Jesus is the one who initiates the healing. In recent weeks, I have told you uh, a little bit about The Chosen, a video series about Jesus and his followers. And by the way, you can watch the first of the eight episodes at thechosen.tv. Or you can do what I did and buy the discs. Uh, now they've even come out with an, an app where you can watch the first four episodes for free. Each episode gives fictional backstory that lines up with the biblical accounts. Uh, I'm grateful to the producers of The Chosen who have given us permission to share a scene right here in our message today. Uh, this scene shows Jesus healing a man with leprosy, one of his earliest miracles. Let's watch. Not to spoil this beautiful day or anything, huh? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> It's a leper. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 you Rabbi, cannot. His disease, you Please. Please. Please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing.
you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. What can I, what can I ever do? No. Do not say anything to anyone. You don't seek your own honor? Please just do me this one thing. But what do I tell people? Go. Show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. Who has an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Green is definitely your color. Oh. <laughs> Not too shabby. Now, why does Jesus heal the man? Well, I can think of a couple of reasons. One, Jesus cares for him. And two, the man needs it. And maybe a third reason is that he's sending a message. Like I said before, when Jesus heals, he's announcing the arrival of God's kingdom, the life God wants for us. You saw the reaction of the disciples in the video when they first realized that the man is leprous. <laughs> and one of them says, cover your mouth. Don't, don't breathe the same air as him. Now, covering your mouth might be an appropriate precaution for the coronavirus, but for leprosy, it's a huge overreaction. Of course, they don't know that. And while we're talking about overreactions, Ed Stetzer uh, is the executive director of the Billy Graham Center, and he wrote a blog recently I read that says, Many Christians are overreacting by believing coronavirus conspiracy theories. He says Christians are being gullible and that sharing fake news makes us look foolish. A Facebook friend I haven't seen in decades shared a meme. I'm sure just, uh, you know, shared it, someone else posted. And anyway, it was saying how crazy it is that we've shut down the economy over this virus when it's not nearly as bad as the flu. Her one-sentence post contained two statistical errors. In my comments, I, I greeted her by name, I responded calmly, and I shared some credible information. Uh, there are dozens of conspiracy theories out there about the, this coronavirus. One is that it's a biological weapon created by China or created by the United States. Or that it's a ruse by government elites to shut down churches. But Stetzer, who's a self-proclaimed evangelical, says loud and clear, this is not a deep state conspiracy. Coming back to our scripture, we could say that the synagogue leader uh, saw Jesus' healing as a conspiracy against the Sabbath. Verse 14, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. But Jesus pokes a hole in that conspiracy 
by pointing out the facts. He says healing this woman on the Sabbath is no different than what people do every Sabbath. He says, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? And people are thinking, well, of course we do that, but that's not breaking the Sabbath. We're allowed to do that. That's when Jesus makes his point. Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, not an ox or a donkey, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be set free on the Sabbath from what bound her? If you're allowed to untie your ox or your donkey that's been kept overnight in the stall so it can drink on the Sabbath, then why can't this woman be set free on the Sabbath after being bound for 18 years? And who has kept her bound? Jesus says, Satan has kept her bound. He doesn't say that her bent-over condition is God's plan, or God's punishment, or a blessing in disguise, or her cross to bear, or that she lacks faith. He says, Satan has kept her bound. Now, I'm certain that a doctor today could give a medical diagnosis. But Jesus says that Satan is God's enemy and our enemy. So Satan represents everything Jesus came to fight, including disease. Keeping her crippled is what Satan wants for her. Setting her free is what God wants for her. And that's why Jesus sets her free. Right now, we're all fighting COVID-19. It's our enemy. And we're doing everything in our power to fight it. We rely on doctors and their medical training. We take medicine. We get treatments. We go to therapy. We also pray. We ask others to pray. Jesus fought sickness then, and he's fighting it now. Francis McNutt was a former Roman Catholic priest whose ministry focused on healing. Even after he left the priesthood, he got married, he was still known affectionately as Father Francis. Many years ago, I got to hear Father Francis speak about healing. He had such a, a gentle, soothing way about him. I learned just recently that he died and went to be with the Lord just a few months ago at age 94. In his classic book on healing, he said that those he and others prayed for, uh, of all those, he claims that a little over half of them recovered uh, or were noticeably improved. He also admits that any single healing could possibly be explained without prayer. Any one healing could be chalked up as a spontaneous remission. But he adds that after you see thousands of such responses, he's more convinced than ever that God works through prayer. I remember many years ago when our daughter was in kindergarten, she, uh, she got sick, had a fever. And it stretched into two weeks. And then two weeks into four. And then into six weeks. Uh, we took her to doctors, I think at least three times. They, just, they prescribed various medicines for her. She did not improve. She didn't eat very much. She lost weight. She was lethargic. And we prayed. We prayed and prayed and we worried and we waited. I remember one evening a friend stopped by and we, we told him about our daughter's condition. And that night I could still picture him standing in our living room and he prayed. 
And, you know, in one way you could say he just prayed, you know, no different than the way Trish and I had been praying all that time. But I do remember that his prayer spoke confidently about what God was doing and what God was about to do. And when he finished his prayer, I was encouraged. Well, the next day started like most other days. And then our daughter asked for some peaches. Well, whatever she feels like eating, we gave her. We opened a can and gave her a couple slices. And when she finished them, she asked for more. And then more. She ate the entire can of peaches. We took her temperature. Her fever was gone and it did not return. Now, if you don't want to believe that God works through prayer, you could say, well, well then why didn't she just get better when you prayed before? You might suspect that the day after our friend prayed, she might have gotten better anyway. And I'd say, that's entirely possible. I can't prove otherwise. I can only choose to believe or not. Several times in his book, Father Francis claims that healing is God's ordinary will for us. Yes, there, there are lots of people I have prayed for who did not get better. Some died. Some continue to suffer today. And I, I have struggled to understand that, and I hope to explore that more later in this series. But here's what we do know. Jesus reveals who God is. And when Jesus healed people, he was showing us what God wants most for us. And, and if we don't receive the healing we ask for, we learn to trust God anyway. Sometimes the strength that he gives us to live with our weakness is a kind of healing. Sometimes he gives us the grace to die with hope. And we count that as healing. But I don't believe that sickness is what God wants most for us. And that's why I also believe that researchers working on a vaccine for coronavirus are working for God, not against God. They're working against the desires and devices of the evil one. Satan would love nothing more than to get us all knotted up in fear and panic and conspiracy theories and blaming, and I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what Jesus is doing. And so, when I ask God for things, I, uh, I go back and I think about what Jesus said. And I want to paraphrase here just a little bit. He says, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a rock? No. If your daughter asks for peaches, will you give her a snake? No. God is a much more generous parent than any person you'll ever know. So when I pray, I might start like this. God, we're just uh, some of your kids here, and all we know to do is just to come to you and ask. So we're asking. Our faith is far from perfect, and we don't always know the right way to pray, but you are greater than our faith. You are greater than our prayers. And we ask for healing. We ask for an outpouring of your amazing power and love. And so, and when I pray, I don't try to whip myself into big emotions. I don't try to prove to God how devoted I am. I, I just try to come simply and humbly with whatever faith I have. I, I confess my sins and my lack of faith, and I count on God to make up for what I lack. And I come boldly. 
I, I don't want to be afraid to ask for a specific healing. And, and I may return to that prayer several times throughout that day or throughout the week, each time believing, trusting that I'm working with God and not trying to talk God into something that He doesn't want to do. I'm working with God. And I believe that because I believe that Jesus is still healing today. And when Jesus heals, he's announcing the arrival of God's kingdom, the life God wants for us. I want to end the message by walking us through a time of guided prayer. Uh, you might want to close your eyes during this time. I invite you to imagine Jesus standing in the front of a small stone synagogue filled with people. You're there too sitting on a wooden bench. The air is warm and there's a slight breeze coming through a window opening near you. Then Jesus turns and looks at you. Take a moment and let your eyes lock with his. What do you see in his eyes? What does he see in your eyes? Think about some part of you that needs healing. Your pain, your wound could be physical, emotional, relational, spiritual. It could be someone you haven't been able to forgive. But it has brought you great suffering. Name this in your mind. Now picture that this pain or wound, whatever it is, has caused you to be bent over. You've been unable to straighten for a long time. Jesus gestures towards you and says, come. You walk up and stand before him he says, you are set free. Let those words resonate inside your mind and body. You are set free. Then Jesus reaches out. You feel the warmth of his hand on your hunched back. You feel that warmth spreading through you, releasing you, strengthening you. You take a deep breath, filling your lungs with air. You pull back your shoulders. Your spine is now straight. 
You hear everyone clapping. You see them cheering. Jesus leans over and whispers something in your ear. Listen to what he says to you. With the crowd watching, you and Jesus turn to one another and hug. Then he looks at you and says, return home and give thanks to God. finish, I invite you to go to faithwestwood.com service. If you're on Facebook, you'll see that link in the description. 
Uh, from there, you can give to our 2020 ministry fund and to our mission focus, which today is our Bless Friends Fund. Uh, you can also fill out a connection card and send in a prayer request. Let me encourage you, after this service is over, to talk to someone about what you may have experienced during our time of guided prayer. Maybe you experienced a healing or the need for a healing. Or maybe perhaps you received uh, an important message. Whatever it was, tell someone today. Talk to someone. Or this may have not been your time to receive something like this. That's okay. If you keep seeking, what you need will be given to you. And now may the God of healing and comfort be with you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.